Welcome to Multimedia Failure. Every other week, we watch a movie based on a video game and then rank them against each other arbitrarily. I'm your host, Jason Ariola, and performing live on stage with me this week is... Vanessa Cahill. <laughs> and also, as we mentioned on the last episode, we have a special guest, and that special guest is Josh Carpenter from RP Gamer. Hey, Josh, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going, Jason? If, um... If you haven't listened to the po- or any of our previous podcasts, uh, Josh was on a game club uh, that we did with Tactics Ogre, which I, I promise I'm going to finish up that one of these days, dude. <laughs> what, what, one of those days we're going to get back around to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast and uh, it has been sapping my will to live a lot. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, Vanessa and I have no experience with Soccer Wars and we, we, we needed a ringer. So, uh, and John's not on this one, and but he didn't know anything about Soccer Wars either. So uh, I was like, hey, you know what? I've heard Josh talk about uh, Soccer Wars before on the RPG cast. I was like, hey, I'm pulling this guy in. We need some help. And so you're you're, you're in there showing up our weaknesses. You're our expert for this episode. And I am going to uh, lean back on you very heavily because I know you have deep, 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 deep well of knowledge of this series, right? Uh, oh, you're totally <laughs> overselling me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. C- compared though to us, right? Yes. <laughs> it may be comparatively, but definitely not in a in a in a uh, you know an overall. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. We're, uh, Vanessa and I are a uh, puddle in the road. You are um, what would you say? Like maybe a wading pool? We'll go with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I'm a puddle. I don't even think I classify as a puddle. <laughs> well, you know so much now that we've watched this movie. I know so much. <laughs> And yet we know so little. So there, there was so much CG. <laughs> uh, yeah, early CG too. I mean, not early, but it's just like wow. I, I do think it actually held up fairly well too, which was kind of surprising. But yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, but that's probably well. getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, very much so. So all right, let's go ahead and uh, real quick um, familiarity with the series. I just said uh, you know uh, Vanessa and I have nothing. Basically, the only thing I am familiar with is the uh, main theme. Which is, oh boy, I am going to stumble my way through the pronunciation of this. And that is Geki Tekikuko uh, Kagekiran. Kiran? Kiran. I don't know. Whatever. Close enough, right? <laughs> yeah. So good. Close enough. Yeah. yeah. It's the theme song that they play like at the beginning and end of like every chapter in the game. Oh, is it every chapter? I think so. Oh, if boy. I recall right. Wow. Okay. They play it all the time. It is catchy as all get out. Yes. Yes. It is. <laughs> It is very fitting, and that is actually, like, a song that I've kept in my playlists of, like, just, like, you know, I, in the early 2000s, I went through a very, like, hardcore, like, weeb phase where I was downloading just every, like, anime intro song I could find, and it's one that's stuck over the years where I've deleted a bunch of them. I'm like, you know, this one actually isn't very good. It was just me discovering J-pop and, like, oh, this is different, so I like it. <laughs> and this is... What a phase. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I didn't get killed. I mean, at some point I was just like, God, what an insufferable weeb I was. Holy jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, it just it's, it's funny. I have a friend who's going through that weeb phase right now, but he's like 31. Ooh. <laughs> he's just discovering that. And he was like mentioning, like going to watch... He was like, he invited me to go watch a movie with him. And he was like... And I was like, I don't even know what that is. He was like, well, how do you call yourself a weeb? If you, I'm like, I'm not. I haven't been a weeb for like 15 years, dude. I I have kids. I don't have time to be a weeb, man. <laughs> what, what is a weeb exactly? Describe the word. For a second, I thought you said weed phase. And I was like, oh, yeah, I get that. What's oh. a weeb? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's how much of a weeb Vanessa's never been. Uh, it's a weeaboo, which is basically just somebody who, like an American who's just like super into like Japanese stuff. 
Oh, that makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Vanessa, I have but, never, uh, I've never actually been through a weed phase, so both, both kind of make sense, though, right? Like, you know, it could happen. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that was that was about prime time for me. I was just like, you know, I was I was making a decent amount of money, and I had really nothing to spend it on, so I just bought anime constantly. <laughs> Because that was about when the it's... anime industry thanked you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much single-handedly held up, a, I think, a couple of those uh, production studios. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was um, like early, early 2000s when they first started coming out on DVD. And I remember spending $40 on each DVD of Evangelion. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> which was like three episodes. So that series ended up running me a few hundred dollars by the time it, uh, by the time it wrapped up. So... Granted, it's so not, a, weed, a, a oh. weed phase would have been cheaper for you. Uh, <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> yeah. Although, um, you know, I did probably feel as like trippy and high uh, after watching Evangelion <laughs> as I would have if I had smoked like a pound of marijuana. So I don't know, really. <laughs> I may have gotten off cheaper that way. Uh, so. Time well spent. Yep. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so Josh, um, just uh, give us a quick like overview there. Like, how much of this series are you familiar with? How many? Because uh, I know you played one of them at the least. Oh no, uh, yeah, I got into them. Um, I was looking for RPGs on the Wii because I picked up a Wii first and didn't have a PS3. So, and the Wii was not exactly known for having lots of uh, third-party RPGs. And uh, the the fifth Sakura Tyson game, which is the only one that's ever coming out in English, Sakura Tyson, Sakura Wars, so long, my love. It came out on Wii, and it was like the last non-Madden game released on the PS2. That's right, that's right. And it did about as well as you would expect, like a game that released like at the very end of the PS2 lifecycle and also third-party game on the Wii. You know, like it, it bombed pretty horribly. But that was how I got into the series, and like I played it, and I really enjoyed it because it's just so weird and different from anything else. It's this melding of strategy rpg with a whole lot of um with a whole lot of visual novel elements and uh, at least the video games are probably most known for their um the interactive system which they uh, call lips where rather than just having um rather than just like picking a binary choice or you know like oh you the, the some character says something to you and you can pick a b or c like they'll have both situations where like, oh, you may have to uh, control like exactly how strongly you want to say something like you'll have to slam on the controller really hard if you want to like shout something or you don't do it at all. And you kind of meekly say something oh. and pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more, a little bit more depth to it. And then everything you do, uh, like with a lot of those visual novel um uh, kind of hybrids, you know, of course there's, you know, the, there's always the six different girls or so in the game. And of course there's always the kind of like, Oh, which girl does the main character end up with? But everything you do in those games, like sends you down different paths. Like there's no real way to kind of like make everyone happy in oh, those okay. games. Yeah, yeah. So every time you do something that one girl likes, pretty much you will piss off the other ones. And so there's always this thought of like, which way do you want to go, or do you, you know, trying to balance that because the uh, the way that the uh, the the all the different characters' affection levels for one another like affect how they actually play in the game. <laughs> 
So oh, they tie yeah. all that yeah. stuff back in. I did, I did, I did read that a little bit. Oh boy, that is oof, oofa doofa. That is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after after playing that, and that that was what got me into the series. I know a lot of people probably got into the series. I think the anime had come out in the U.S. Right around 2000, 2001, something like that. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't remember it, if it predated the movie or not. It I, may have been similar time. I think when so, because I, I think ADV put it out. So that would have been early, like super early 2000s. Yeah. I, I've, I've gone back and seen that. That is a it, it is ostensibly an adaptation of the first game, but it takes quite a few liberties with with what actually happened in the first game. Oh, so like much like everything else off. we've watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of goes <laughs> off on its, which is kind of weird because usually anime adaptations are usually of video games tend to be pretty faithful. And this one kind of goes off on its own way. But uh, like, yeah, I've seen that. I went back and just a couple of years ago, went back and played the uh, first game because there are actually none of the games. Like I said, none of the other games have been released in English, but there are pretty decent like fan translations of them. So mm-hmm. it's possible to kind of play through them and being strategy RPGs. You can kind of. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of heavy, quick action where there's stuff going on. It's pretty easy to kind of like plod your way through with a translation if you want to. Yeah. So I did that for at least the first game. I keep wanting to go back to the other games. I just didn't have the time yet. Yeah, because the first one was on the Saturn, right? And then the rest of them, like Dreamcast, PS2, might First right? two were on the Saturn, right, and right. then I believe they swapped to Dreamcast. Okay. And then, yeah, the Sakura Tyson, uh, the fifth one, I believe, was PS2 originally. And then it got that Wii port and that came out over here. Yeah, and it, I think I think the title, like, loosely translated was like farewell my lovely or something like that but uh yeah yeah was it was and it the, was it nisa or was it atlas that uh that was nisa nisa yeah they took a bath on that i think <laughs> that that is the rumor because they paid they had to pay a fortune both to uh sega who owns the video game licenses and then red who was also involved in the uh both the production of the games but also the 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 Sakura Tyson, whatever you call it, franchise, mm-hmm. like in Japan, has even even though the you know there hasn't been a game since like two thousand four or five or something like that when it came out in Japan. Yeah, like it has still spawned tons and tons of like stage plays and musicals and uh, you know like OVAs. It like it it just continued on in Japan even though the video game series kind of died with. Um, you know, with Sega kind of <laughs> going into the troubled years after the Dreamcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> making making some really good decisions like a uh, Gun Valkyrie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a uh, this came out in a weird, weird period for Sega where they I don't want to say they seemed like they were swimming in money because they were just throwing money at everything that moved. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that uh, that obviously did very well for them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this game actually uh, the original game. Uh, predated Final Fantasy Tactics in Japan. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, you know, like it, it was it, not only is it like this weird hybrid and, you know, the girls, you know, like you have them in combat, but they're also, of course, putting on stage plays as, as you know, as part of their cover for, you know, <laughs> whatever I, the reason may I, be. I, 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 I just I don't understand why they need cover when they clearly I just like I, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Just a weird decision overall with that. Oh man, like it, it gets even crazier in the later games. Like in the in the fifth game, the uh, 
like their theater is right in the middle of Times Square. Mm-hmm. And every single time they go out to have battles, the theater transforms into a landing strip and an airship takes off in the middle of Times Square. But they're totally undercover, guys. No one notices subtle, that right in the middle. Real yeah, yeah. subtle. <laughs> it's like is, no- it, is it still steam powered? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, God, yes. I mean, I... I've never, I, I don't know. I've never understood the whole steam power thing. Like, I'm just like, what, what is the fascination with that? But if, jeez, I don't steam know. I, I, steam I, is I, cool. I guess. So I just, just an excuse to draw like big pipes on everything. I think is what it is. Oh, very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like, just, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. All right. All right. Real quick. Let's go over the, the, uh, the quick little details of this movie here. Uh, it released in Japan um, December 21st, 2001. It had a budget of 500 million yen, which is about $4.6 million, and took in 2.8 billion yen, which is about $25.6 million. Uh, definitely making it one of the more successful anime movies watched so far. It's, uh, yeah, so this thing did really well for itself. Uh, and Josh, like you kind of alluded to, the series has really spawned a just plethora of multimedia outside of mm-hmm. the games themselves. I mean, there's, you know, the, the usual anime, manga adaptations, like stage play. There was a, uh, a shop, I think, that was open for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. It just like, you know, live action theater stuff. I don't know that I have ever seen a series that had such a weird following for only having like effectively like five mainline games with a bunch of like weird spinoffs here and there. Yep. Yep. I, and, and everything I understand is like in Japan, it's extremely popular with women. Like it is one of the, is a game that has like a lot of crossover appeal. Vanessa, would you, uh, would, would, would you, would you play a game based on this? Well, it depends <laughs> on exactly what you do in the game. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. They're, yeah, but I, I like the people though. Like I, I could aspire, you know, like I like the the flower group idea, and that they're also like a theater stage group because they need hobbies as friends. <laughs> I get that appeal. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. There, I think there's even a um, like not a maybe it was like a match three type uh, puzzle game that they did for it too. Like there's some weird spinoffs for this game. It's yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's it's very very intense and incredibly popular, and I I'm. Whoever is is it Sega themselves that's bringing it out here in the states next year? Yeah, yeah, it's Sega. Sega apparently bought out Red on the, on this franchise, which is part of the reason the new game is finally coming out. I am just amazed that they're taking the chance on bringing this out here stateside in or, it's like early twenty twenty. I think they're doing right. Yeah, I think they said spring next year. Yeah, that's I am. I applaud Sega for the balls to do this because I've got a I've got a feeling that that thing is gonna just ugh, not do very well. But I mean, granted, it doesn't cost as much to pr- put these things out because you can put them out digitally. So there's no it's sitting on store shelves and rotting away basically like it, the uh, the PS2 and Wii versions did out here. Oh yeah, NIS lost so much money on that. Exp- they, I mean, God help them. I mean, NIS put so much money into that PS2 version, which had like they they actually went to the trouble of doing both a disc for the English and then a disc for the Japanese voice acting, oh. so you could have both. Oh God, <laughs> what the hell were they thinking? I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> They're like, we've got a hit on our hands, baby. Let's do this. I. Oh, jeez. I mean, the only thing I could think is, like, I remember, like, all their print runs of stuff, like, it was so limited that they, like, went up and, like, 
price because uh, Vanessa and I were working at GameStop when uh, like kind of Disgaea was around. Oh yeah, and that was uh, Vanessa. I don't know if you remember, but that was like one of those strategy RPGs that ended up selling for like seventy, eighty dollars because the print run was so low and it sold through. I wonder if they just were like just the hubris they had were like, oh, let's do this thing. <laughs> it just, oof, boy, yeah. Oh, well, anyway, let's go ahead and let's get through the uh, walkthrough of this movie. So it starts off with a title card showing us it takes place uh, December 24th, 1926. So Merry Christmas and all that jazz. And Josh, uh, feel free to interject anytime you feel uh, you, you, you want to add something. I skipped over something or um, sure. I, I'm going to I'm going to throw it to you occasionally like, Josh, what the hell is going on at this point? <laughs> I, I can point out like the, the one thing about this, like the time period is the uh, this is the Taisho era. So it's in between um, both, you know, like a- after the the shogunate, you know, when Japan started modernizing in the and then it's before kind of like the more, you know, like uh, troubled years during the you know World War Two. Uh-huh. So it's like very specifically uh, put in the Taisho era and all of these games, they actually started extending the Taisho era even after actually the Taisho era ended. And it's uh, from what I've read, I, you know, like I am no Japanese history expert, but like the way I've read, it's almost like the Taisho era is almost uh, like their equivalent of maybe like America's Camelot, you know, like uh, the the very like this era of good feelings. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when Japan was starting to modernize, you have this like mixture of modernization, but still tradition. And, you know, it's before things kind of went off the rails with world war two. So, so like, you know, the, the re part of the reason it was set then was, you, you know, there's a lot more going on to why they set it in that time period than just the steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't, quite such a, <clears throat> let's say, uh, troubled, uh, you know, area of their history or modern history where they can be like, hey, we can kind of romanticize this era. Exactly. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably probably a good little era to stretch it out to. And I mean, and granted, we can't really fault them for stretching out the uh, uh, the Taisho, right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Taisho, I think. Yeah. Taisho era. I mean, they did extend uh, steam power way, 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 way beyond uh, it being an actual thing anyway with the series. So I can I can forgive them for that, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here, Tokyo is a city driven to prosperity by the power of steam. And my first thought when I saw that was, oh, God, is this a steam Sentai movie? <laughs> uh, a Sentai, uh, Vanessa, if you're not familiar, is just the term for like a Power Rangers thing, basically. I love uh, Power Rangers. I I, I do too, <laughs> and uh, you know I actually did uh, back in May a whole whole series of Power Ranger video game uh, soundtracks uh, for Mighty Morphin May. I, I recall. Yes, <laughs> I recall Mighty Morphin May. <laughs> There's definitely a bit of influence with it, with all the different characters having their own different colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like I said. The, the little bit I knew, I knew they got into mech suits and everything, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh god, this is steampunk Sentai. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> here we go. So all right, steampunk Sentai with uh, musical theater. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh boy, there, there is. Oh, the theater. St- oh wait, steampunk Sentai stage plays. There you go. There you go. There we got you the go. three S's. Oh boy, yeah, because we couldn't leave it. Gotta, gotta have a hobby, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> everybody does, and our, ours is watching movies that slowly kill us. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, the opening scene is a bunch of people walking the streets of Tokyo with a bunch of cars driving by. Uh, this is a chance to show, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my favorite thing about any piece of fiction that still has its setting, um, like in the steampunk thing, the gigantic pipes and mechanisms that are required for them to run. If you can't tell, I'm being more than a little sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so a couple of creepy-looking masked people and 
a cat, I think, I don't know, are hanging out at the top of a building's lightning rod, looking at a building. Uh, we pan into the building to see a stage show going on with panning of a bunch of characters that I'm sure if we were familiar with the series at all, we'd know who they were. But uh, outside of Sakura, I had no idea who anybody in this thing was. So it was just kind of like, oh, cool. <laughs> how, did, how did you recognize Sakura? Um, she is effectively the cover of, like, the cover character for the series. So uh, just the mild familiarity I had with the uh, with the series from the theme song, looking it up, I'm like, oh, that's who that is. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, for the title character, she had like she's not that big of a part in this movie. No, which is very strange. She no. it, she's not that big in the video games either. Like, she's is she even in the latest one or the the last one that came out? Um, <clears throat> no, I don't think she wasn't. She, I think she was mentioned in five, but she wasn't in five. So if I recall the, correctly, so she's effectively like the Red Ranger, but not really the Red Ranger because she's not really much of a leader there. Yeah. Okay. That's jeez. Oh, I, I it's weird that they latched onto her as the cover character basically, but I, I, she's got a cool design, like a real pretty design, it, so I guess that's I, why. I, and I mean, especially the games themselves are very much split where it, it, it's very it it's very split evenly between the different characters. Oh, okay. There isn't really a focus specifically on one in the games themselves. Okay. Well, that's good at least. It's just yeah, she's sort of just the poster child for the series, I suppose. Yeah. Is the way to put that. Yeah. So Okay, um, during this stage play, I kind of did appreciate the fact that they kept the original Japanese version of the songs here, because this was probably, hey, let's do this song, but with English actors doing it instead era of anime. If either of you watched, well, Vanessa, I know you didn't, but uh, the English adaptation of Ronin Kenshin, uh, Lex Lang, I believe, performed a version, or an English version of one of the tracks, and I think they did a couple of the, like, maybe the first, like, two or three uh, opening and ending songs in English there, and then they, uh, like, when... Uh, Team Revolution's Heart of Sword kicked in as the ending. I think about halfway through the second se- or the first season, there they um, they kind of did away with that. They're like, yeah, I, we're just gonna keep with the Japanese versions. I've actually seen Kinchin. What? What? I used to. I had. I had an anime phase. <laughs> I this. I had no idea. Holy! Why is this just coming my, up to my, my weed phase? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so your weed and weed phase go hand in hand. Okay. <laughs> I watched like a handful of things though. Um, I used to read uh, what was it like Shonen Jump? Okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. that was a good phase. Oh, okay, cool. But McKin- Kenshin was a fun one. Yeah, I I, I love Kenshin. Actually, uh, that's kind of how I met Melissa. The, um, you know, that did um, the Fatal Fury and Sonic ones with us. Is um, I befriended one of her friends on AIM. And she sort of introduced me to Melissa, and then I ended up going to uh, three Otakons at anime convention out in Baltimore with them. So. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the most early two thousands thing that could I could have possibly said. <laughs> <laughs> Weeb nerd nerd. Anyway, <laughs> let's see. The curtain closes on the show, and a voice over the intercom thanks the people for coming to the show and thanking them for their pa- patronage. And we like to encourage you to go to patreoncom junk so you can patronize us. <laughs> God, I'm a shill. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, backstage, the cast is effectively circle jerking each other about how good their performance was, and it was also a way to introduce each or you know the characters to you if you weren't familiar with this. So if like you were, you know, let's say the boyfriend or girlfriend of somebody who wasn't uh, familiar with the series but got drugged to watch this, you at least could learn the characters' names. Although I, they kind of went by so fast, it's like I, 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 I don't know who's who still. Okay. And they don't get a lot of development in this movie. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> Very well said, Vanessa. I should have just let you handle that. Anyway. 
right. It's, it's at least they say their names. We didn't catch them, but at least they like maybe mention them. That's new. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's been a couple movies where they actually didn't introduce anybody. Actually, Resident, <laughs> Resident Evil. They never say Alice's uh, you know the main character's name throughout the whole movie. Not once. Real good. Real, real good stuff. Anyway, uh, they wish Lenny, one of the characters, happy birthday, and Sakura, changing behind a curtain, tries to get out to join in, falls onto her face, getting hung up on the curtain, and one of the other characters says she has the coordination of a buffoon, which I thought was a little of a harsh line. (laughs) Yeah, Samiri is kind of a jerk. Okay. But that's kind of her thing. (laughs) Okay, okay. I was just like, okay, well, that's really nice of you. So a guy pops in, strums a guitar, and tells the ladies Merry Christmas and wishes Lenny happy birthday. And I recognize the voice actor as he voiced uh, Onizuka in Great Teacher Onizuka. Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. But uh, he's one of the captains, and his name is uh, Yuichi Kam- or Kayama. Yeah, Kayama. Uh, they razz him about it being more fun before he came in, and they're just like, okay. So I'm, I'm sort of getting the, the dynamic of these characters here, at least there, that they... Uh, He's he's he works with them, but they kind of like give him grief all the time, and he just sort of is the odd man out. Effectively, mostly probably because he's a man, I suppose. Does that, he can't yeah. either. He can't be in the girl group if you're a guy. That's true. Except yeah. for that guy at the end, who apparently is like super into the girl group. <laughs> I um I, I I you know what the are you talking about the guy that uh, kind of the guy who like swoops in after not being in the whole movie and like saves the day? It's like what the heck? You know what it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't until I started doing uh, research for the uh, trivia section that I figured out who the hell that was. And it's... Yeah, I, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and that's how I figured out who that guy was. But first, I was like, what the like? Who is this man? Why did he like what the women team can't do it on their own? They need like some dude to come swoop in and help them yeah it's all girl power until the very end when it's like nope guy saved me cool thanks oh, Jeez. yeah a, li- a little offended by that to be honest it lost a couple points in my book yeah 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 but i was like yeah, oh see, see you're supposed to have played the games and know that that's ogami from the first two games who was the like one of the main care one of the cast members in the first two games <laughs> Yeah, who had gone off the Paris to be in the third game, hence why he wasn't there for this. Of course, of course. I would know that if I played the games. Boy, yeah, yeah. Or they translated them. That would have been a big help. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, just. I almost feel like in the like Blu-ray or uh, well, you know, back in the DVD release, they should have had like a little pop-up menu like showing stuff. Or um, if you watch like the irresponsible captain tyler tv show like they put little footnotes at the end of or like the bonus section where you could go and read like hey this means this this means this 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 is a reference to this and this is a reference to that it's like oh okay that would have been really helpful for this movie because yeah i was i was just like walking in the woods with this thing man (laughs) have you seen the um it was like an old tv show called pop-up video yes pop-up video yeah that's what they need for all these movies actually the pop-up video type um annotations would be really helpful for everything i've seen so far <laughs> everything you've seen so far oh, even po- even pokemon oh, the newer on. ones okay okay that's fair I, I mean there are like you know almost 900 or over 900 of the little bastards at this point so right or like like you know in charizard experience like charizard went to an island great cool thanks and and, and what did he do when he went to this island vanessa Met a woman named Charla, yep. a woman Charizard. <laughs> it was real bad. <laughs> oh yeah, it was cheesy as shit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. So um, Maria sees a uh, Sumeri. Is that how you say it? Sumeri. Yeah, I think so. Sumeri. Okay. Uh, looking at a movie poster, Sumeri says she's 
She thinks she should try to understand the movies that the common people uh, are seeing and invites Maria to watch it with her. A newsreel mentions that the Douglas Stewart Corporation has arrived in Japan and introduces Brent Furlong as its president. Interesting bit of trivia I also pulled up about this uh, movie. Uh, he, canonically, he is the grandfather of Edward Furlong. Who wah, wah, is? John Connor in Terminator 2. Uh. <laughs> uh, that was a terrible, terrible joke. I'm sorry. That was so stupid. I will see myself out. Yeah, put in some sad noise there. Um, uh, also, fun fun fact, I thought that that guy's name was um, Douglas Stewart the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not... Uh, I, I don't blame you. It probably would, it probably would have been better if they named him uh, Douglas Stewart and the corporation Edward Furlong or something like that. Because Douglas Stewart's memorable. Edward Furlong, like I said, the first thing I saw when I... Or thought of when I heard the name Furlong was, um, you know... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just like... Oh. Yeah. It was until he like actually um, like introduced himself by name to the the women group, and I was like, "Oh, you're not Douglas Stewart." <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. Yeah, that 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 would be like um, calling Tim Cook Apple. Hey, Apple, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'd be cool with it. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's pretty laid back. So anyway, uh, uh, she sits down uh, just as the movie starts, and we cut back outside. And I'm sort of sad we didn't get to see Yokohama Love Triangle. Yeah, that would have been cool to see the movie inside the movie. Yeah, yeah. It seemed very dramatic. I don't know what the hell was going on with that. It's just like, oh, okay, let's... Anyway, a blonde woman walks into the theater where Sakura and another character are cleaning. She comes up and asks if either of them speak English, which is really weird in this because... uh, Josh, did you watch this in Japanese or English? I've watched both. Okay. Uh, In the English dub, it is a weird thing to work around because... It's always awkward whenever that happens in any of those dubs when it's, you know, like someone's supposed to be speaking broken English (laughs) when everyone's already speaking English. Yeah. It's like, okay, so what... It's like, I, I feel like I just hit my head in the section here when I was trying I to like remember. I remember one thing I saw where it wasn't, the, I mean, you know, like there was one instance I saw where they did it, where they just flipped it and had the character speaking French and the other characters trying to speak broken French back to them. Like that was their way of handling it one time. I was like, oh, well, that was actually pretty decent. But yeah, that's a much better way <laughs> yeah. of going about it rather than just like I like speaking like a three year old maybe instead. <laughs> My name is Sakura. I am dead. I'm like, oh, jeez, Good <laughs> golly. That was a choice. That was a choice and a half. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Sakura stumbles through trying to speak English. And uh, yeah, again, awkward. Uh, the blonde woman apologizes for messing with her. She's looking for uh, Yonada. Yonada. Commander Yonada. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the manager of the Tokyo troop. Uh, she explained to him that the... Uh, that America is setting up a fighting troop as well. She introduces herself as Lachette, who um, I think in everything prior to this, she was like Rochette? Rochette. Rochette, Or it would be post this, I think, actually. I think that this was her first time that she showed up. Oh, is it? Yeah, she's in Game 5. And this predated Game 5 by quite a bit. Uh, okay. I was wondering if maybe she was like a, like a movie or... Um, uh, like, could have oh, been. Yeah, could have been. I mean, you know, there's so much stuff that we didn't get. It's entirely possible she was in a movie or a drama CD or something else before this. <laughs> oh, and, God, they did drama CDs too? I think so, oh, yeah. sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> okay. All right. They uh, did everything. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, Lachette is there to study how they operate by joining them and... Uh, 
Also, real quick, can you explain the whole troop thing to us? Real, just real, real abbreviated. Oh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in, in what aspect? Like, why do they have the uh, troop? Yeah, why? They, they, they need a hobby, guys. They need a hobby. Should we just go with that explanation? <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty much that. I mean, they... they at the end of the first game, and you know, you keep in mind, I'm playing this with a with a fan translation. They tried to explain it like it does have something to do <laughs> with like the theater is like built on like some sort of, I don't know, like some sort of special site that helps keeps the demons at bay and like what? performing songs <laughs> somehow plays a role in that. Like, yeah, they what? said it at the end of the first game, they never Whoa. mentioned it again, probably for good reason. And here I thought they just had it like, uh, you know, they're like, oh, hey, guys, what, you guys want to be performers? We're kind of bored. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> sure. like, yeah, this is just something they're doing in between killing demons, basically. Yeah, for fun. Okay. Oh, yeah. no, they, they went and they tried to give it a reason at the end of the first game. <laughs> oh. I, like, I guess I like that better. Maybe it makes like a little more sense. Kind of. Yeah, it, def- it does, does it? make it actually have some sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of. Uh, it's like, yeah, just like, yeah, we're just, it's like you guys are bored. What a sort of musical theater group? Sure. Okay. Honestly, if me and my girlfriends were like an elite team of fighters, I could see us. We wouldn't be a musical group or a theater group. It'd be like a rugby team or something. We join like a sports team, and we wouldn't have any fans. So it, <laughs> but we would do something. So it'd be kind of like kind of like us doing this podcast, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> me and my friends would start a podcast, and that would be our thing. And we would fight demons in our spare time. <laughs> Vanessa, you can't let people know what we actually do. Oh, sorry. Ignore that. Edit yep. that out. <laughs> Editing that out. So don't worry. All right. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So a group of literal shady men around a table hem and haw about Tokyo possibly being open to invaders and that maybe relying on a troop of young women for their defense could be problematic. Aside from establishing that they seem to be fighting off darkness, this kind of scene seems to have a whole lot of nothing going on, basically. I, yeah. It doesn't do a very good job of explaining what exactly they're fighting against because up until this, you know, through this point of the movie... Again, you probably go in this watching, knowing a little bit of the series, but uh, coming in cold like Vanessa and I did, it's like, what? What? Yeah, they don't explain anything in this movie. Like, yeah, you're supposed to know that the, the like there have been multiple battles where these demons have come and attacked Tokyo. And, of course, this is after even the third game. So they've attacked Paris and, you know, these, this troop has managed to fight them off, all these, these demon invasions. So that that's what's going on in the background of this. And, and that is like, exactly why you're on this episode to fill us in on this. Because <laughs> the movie sure as shit didn't. No, not so much. <laughs> it, had to, it had some nifty uh, CG of trains, though. We yeah. haven't got to that yet. Nope, nope, nope. I, I, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, so over to uh, Brett Furlong, who is a staring at a model of Tokyo, dumps his coffee on a building, and then smashes the cup on it. Um temperamental little thing going on there. I'm like, hey, you know, I have a, I have a five-year-old boy and he doesn't even throw temper tantrums like that. Good God. Anyway, uh, he says it needs, uh, it needs a true king and some creepy guy in a robe and mask is kind of being a sycophant to him. Uh, the guy in the robe. Yeah, that, guy, that guy is like real creepy. Oh God. I, yeah, there's, there's a lot going. I mean, he's a very, I don't want to say kind of a typical like anime trope of like a bad guy basically, but it's but, just like, but oh, he is. On. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I yeah. hear it. Part though is his name is like Patrick Hamilton. Like, what a boring name for the creepy dude. I don't even think they said the last name. I think it's just my real name is Patrick. Yeah, I looked it up on on the internet. Patrick Hamilton. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Either way, though, what a boring name for such a creepy dude. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) yeah. 
Uh, all right. The, maybe that plays different in Japan somehow. I, I don't know. Hope but, so. Yeah. It, you know, maybe maybe they think Patrick is like a sinister sounding English name. Maybe. I get it. I get it. It is. It's true. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So uh, well, now that we know his name here, uh, Patrick snaps his fingers and a bomb goes off, setting a part of the city ablaze. And there's some flying demon things circling the moon above it. Finally, some action. Here we go. The Flower Division runs into action. I feel like a narrator or something like that here. Uh, they go through some tubes, get their outfits changed while sliding down through them. Also, the exits are their portraits, which I thought was kind of a cute little touch. So cute. Oh, yeah. Like like if you played the games, this this happens in every chapter of the game. Oh, it's like Christ. this big deal where they have to change into the, the uniforms and they all meet at the meet at the big, long boardroom table to, you know, talk about the next mission. So it's like, oh, yeah, they're they're doing a call out for the fans. So this is sort of like the extended version of uh, the Power Rangers doing their uh, it's morphin time thing. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I appreciate it as the series went on, they started cutting that back a little bit. They're like, Hey, you know, we don't need to do this every single episode. Why don't we just go? It's morphin time. And then, uh, you know, Jason would say, you know, Tyrannosaurus. And then it's like, okay, just sort of the abbreviated versions. Like we don't need to spend three minutes doing this each time. It's probably dependent on like how much time they had to kill in the episode too. It's like, Oh man, we need three more minutes of content. Okay. Long series. Uh, yeah. Power Rangers morphin time. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That, that makes a lot more sense. And then just, you know, them, them just kind of, you know, doing the flourish dancing thing in between. So, all right, uh, Yonida briefs them and they head out. Uh, they start getting into the robot suits called Kobukais. Did I get that right? Yeah. Kobukai. Oh, okay. Uh, just a quick little aside here. Uh, their battle outfits have a lot of loose ribbons and stuff, which seems like it would be pretty likely to get caught in the machinery. Yeah, it looks cute. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, because there's a lot of, you know, gears and moving parts and all, you know, just because of the unnecessary amount of moving stuff for uh, for the steam to function properly. So it's just like, I, I don't know if I would have had the flowing ribbons there, but it's just, just my personal choice. Anyway. Well, you're not an elite office or an elite uh, fighter. So. <laughs> yes, I'm not. We never do. We never fight demons in the middle of the night. It, our our, our uniforms definitely don't have ribbons. Yes. Mine totally doesn't have a blue ribbon that flows about two feet behind me as I run. Anyway, uh, we get a drawn out sequence of the Kobukais loading up. That's fairly nice looking. And I think it's aged pretty well. Um, I think they obviously wanted to kind of show this off for a while because the sequence drags on probably for a few minutes longer than it should have. Yeah. It is yeah. like a serious way to get these people in their, in like in their robots deployed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you're a fan of this series, I think this would be really cool to see on a big screen. But again, uh, two people who have never seen this before is just kind of like, is this ever going to end? <laughs> I felt that way about a few scenes in this movie. Uh, yeah. There's one at the end. I'm going to go ahead and say, I really wish it, they had cut just entirely, but uh, anyway. Yeah, I could have lived without that one. Okay. All right. And as we're going through this, it's like, God, there's just so much steam and so many gears going on here. It just seems like there's so much stuff that could potentially go wrong and break down. I'm just amazed at that, just the intricacy that they went through to like, just get robots out the door, basically. Yeah, it was a lot. They could have just deployed them from like the top of the building, but instead they're like, <laughs> This train needs to go through a spiral hallway. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, yeah. And then, I, really, I, I really liked that part. Yeah. It was kind of cool, but it's just like, as it's circling through, I'm like, you know, I could have seen, like, if I was watching this on my iPad, like, right in front of my face, I might get a little motion sick watching this part. Never watch old movies that close. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah, they, uh... Anyway, uh, finally, they get launched out of the train carrying them and they parachute to their destination. Uh, they start fighting the demons and I got to say it. I think the way they punch is kind of cute. Just these like little stubby arms. Just <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, I agree. It seems like the like, and also these robots for what they are are pretty agile. Like for being bulky, giant, steam-powered monsters. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Uh, Lachette shows up and saves Lenny, but otherwise, it seems like this is a rather easy battle for them. Um, a, a, a robot flies over, which I thought was a Kobukai at first, uh, and cuts three of the demons in half with its wings. The girls don't recognize it, but a truck comes and drives off with it before they get any answers, and that also means we don't get any answers about it for a little bit here. So, yeah, I was just like, what the hell was that thing? Yeah, that was a little confusing, not knowing, like, um, the difference between their robots and that new robot. That was a little bit, like, a little bit confusing for me. I thought originally that um, it was Lachette's robot, and, like, Lachette got taken away by that robot car. (laughs) That's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, oh, did hers have wings and I missed it? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, I've played the games and I still got confused at that part. So. Okay, good. Oh, I, don't good. Feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was maybe just because like, I, I you know, this was the, kind of maybe the second time in my life I'd ever seen the, the robots and the first time I've ever seen it in action. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, wait, that one looks like the same thing. No, it's not. Okay. Oh boy. I'm, I'm lost. So, all right. Um, seems like the new machine is someone trying to compete with the Imperial assault force, which is um, the uh, army thing that op- operates the, flower division uh theater troop thing i boy there is so much like verbiage that goes on to describing these things and just uh, boy it gets real confusing uh maria seems to have some concerns about lachette uh, as lachette gets out of her kobukai a couple of other, other division members seem to have an issue with her as well which seems to yeah it seems kind of like the odd man out a little bit like she's just the newcomer that comes in and just that sort of like Oh, I'm going to do what I want, and everyone's okay. Uh, I, I don't know. There seemed to be some real woman drama there, too, though. Like, uh, some, like, yeah. seri- serious girl drama. <laughs> like, I'm re-watch- uh, you know, re-watching this for the, for this podcast, and I was like, I totally don't... It seems like there's a whole backstory that I don't remember. <laughs> like, if it was... I don't think it was in the games, and if it was in something else, I, you know, <laughs> like, I missed out on it. They just expect you to understand, like, that, oh, yeah, there was a moon unit, and it was New York, and she was part of it, and so were the other two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's so many units. Like, they started, like, I thought, like, the flower division was something special, and then it's like, oh, there's another division. Oh, there's another. I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Like, okay, you guys. Yeah, there's the, the flower division in Tokyo. I forget which the one in Paris is called, and then there's the one in New York. So, yeah, yeah, they started adding them all over the world. Yeah, it's just like, uh, guys, can you slow down just a hair for us? Like, slow your roll. Uh, you know, newcomers are just sitting here like, uh, <laughs> I literally am seeing a, 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 a musical theater group that gets into robots to fight demons. Like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> slow it down for me. Uh, all right. So a we go back to the shady group of men and they're watching a slide presentation of the flying robot suit they saw earlier. The presenter is the mayor of Tokyo when he tells the group that the robot is called a uh, Yafkiel. And I actually wrote that out phonetically once, just to make sure I have a pronunciation, even though they say it like 900 times in the movie. I still the, the spelling is also like whack if you actually look it up. Yeah. It's J-A-P-H-K-I-E-L-S. <laughs> yes. I was just like, um, okay, I'm going to write that out phonetically once so I have it in my head. Because, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, it is an unmanned uh, thing, making it unnecessary to put young girls in danger. Another member of the group is upset that the mayor knew about the Yafkiel beforehand. Um the mayor follows Furlong into a hangar and is surprised to see dozens of completed Yafkiels. One of them seems to be going haywire and is going to kill the mayor, but the masked robe guy shows up from earlier, that's Patrick, and saves him and puts a <laughs> stop puts a stop to Sorry, the machine. That, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just just had to throw it in there. Because uh, it wasn't until, like, what, three quarters of the way through the movie that we figured out his name is Patrick? Oh, much longer than that. It was, like, almost at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's like, my real name is Patrick. Oh, right. Since, so, since I'm, I'm going you. to kill you, I'll tell you my real name. <laughs> Patrick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. The robe guy saves him and puts a stop to the machine by writing something on it. It starts to tremble and its quote unquote head explodes. 
in kind of a, I'd say, a little bit of a grotesque scene there. Just the oil kind of spilling out, just supposed to be like, you know, blood coming out of it. It's a little like, all right, this is kind of, ugh, I don't know. It, it seems kind of a little dissonant with the rest of like what we've seen so far. It's like, oh, you get this like, you know, really kind of like, oh, you've got this like really peppy um, Sentai group of girls fighting um, fighting demons, which, you know, maybe counteractive to what I just said, but and then you just get this like robot that just like, you know, quivers and just its head just kind of melts inside of itself and just oozes everywhere. It's like, okay, I didn't realize this series was kind of gross too, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there was always... I, especially playing the first game, it felt like I was missing out on a lot of the, like it was obviously like referencing Japanese folklore and I was missing out on a lot of this stuff because it, it, it always felt like the demons and stuff that they were fighting was very much steeped in that sort of tradition. And, and so some of that is just kind of lost on me. Yeah. Especially like that, um, little like thing, the character he drew on it said, I'm sure like if you were Japanese, mm-hmm. you knew exactly what the hell that was. But as a, uh, you know, um, bunch of, uh, <clears throat> ignorant gaijins, we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and fr- from the scene, it's pretty clear. The mayor's probably gotten in way over his head on this one here. Uh, let's see. Cut back to January 1st or we cut to January 1st, 1926. Uh, so unless this is a flashback, someone screwed up on the translation. <laughs> Because <laughs> it started in December twenty fourth, two thousand or nineteen twenty six, so it's like, guys, um, nobody, nobody did a quick little check on this to make sure it's right. Okay, no, <laughs> yeah. So the Thaler Division enjoying New York or uh, New Year's festivities. Corin gets a real bad fortune for the year and gives Sakura grief about her fortune. Sakura changes the subject to the new play, and Corin is upset about only having a bit part in it. And you know what? I just put it together now. Who this uh, person that they were hoping comes back is? That it's and uh, he comes the guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense <laughs> I now. I never put that together. I this, just this put it together now. This whole scene seemed to be, like, uh, pretty useless to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's there, there's a... If you're noticing, maybe... I, I'm, there, I'm, there's quite a bit of stuff, like, I would start writing the notes out for it, and I'm like, oh, this does nothing here. So I was going back and trimming stuff out, basically. But the only reason I brought up that was just because that's the guy coming back later that Sakura kind of got all flustered about. Mentioned, yeah, so. so they have a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess canonically, she's the uh, she's the one that he's supposed to end up with. So yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. She's the canon girl in the in the game. Yes, it, it, it makes sense. She's the cover girl, you know, the cover child yeah. of it. So anyway, uh, now we get to watch them actually practice in tracksuits. Guys, they're in tracksuits. That's okay. I, yeah. Look, I don't know. I I I, I could buy the steam powered stuff, but tracksuits in the 1920s. They're very comfortable. I'm not, gonna, their times. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to disagree as a guy who doesn't who owns like three pairs of slacks and the rest of everything I own or like you know Adidas like sweatpants basically or track pants um, yeah but still track pants in the, or track suits in the 1920s what madness is this what world are we living in that steam is still working and track suits exist in the 1920s I uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> getting real hung up on this for no reason <laughs> All right, so we go back to a Brady Bunch grid of the girls in a fight, uh, but only getting to see them in the cockpit view, and Lenny and Orohime go down. What, this was, was this an incredibly confusing scene to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just not just the most bizarre thing. Like, instead of actually having a fight scene, it was just the Brady Bunch thing, and you were supposed to understand, like, oh, there was a battle and they lost. Yeah, uh, well, also the transition from the party to this was so abrupt. I was like, yeah. is this a flashback? Like, what is going on? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I need to go have a, a chiropractor visit after that thing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like fast. It was a lot, and it didn't have any introduction. <laughs> no, 
I, made absolutely no sense. No, no. Just the whiplash of just scene change. It's just like, what the hell just happened? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it literally was like, you guys are just riffing on the Brady Bunch here. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and actually, um, as we go on, I'll, 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 I, I think this movie kind of borrows a lot from other media, including another from, anime. From that, the Brady Bunch? Uh, well, there's another anime it borrows, I think, very heavily from. Uh, but, I say know, specifically from the Brady Bunch? <laughs> but no, 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 no. I, 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 to the best of my knowledge, there was no Brady Bunch anime. So, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, F- Flower Division finds out they're getting sidelined in favor of the unmanned uh, Yafkils, and Orohime and Lachette are going to talk to the general about the situation. Uh, Yoneda gets mugged in the middle of the night by the creepy guy in the mask, and during uh, let's see, during a meeting, the Flower Div- Division finds out that uh, Count Hanakoji, sure, I think, sure, yeah, okay, was also kidnapped Go overnight. Yep, cool. I'm just, you know, I, I gotta start to just be more confident because I'm out of the three of us, the regulars, I'm the one that uh, comes closest to being able to read Japanese, so I should just say it with more confidence, and hopefully, maybe people writing and correct us if I'm wrong, but. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he was also kidnapped overnight and their stage productions are being suspended and being relocated. So they they can't even do what they do for fun uh, now because it's just like, great, you're you're taking away their ability to uh, blow off some steam. That's oh, oh, no, I just made a blow off some steam joke and a steam. Oh, you know, guys, I, 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 I quit. I'm just going to leave the podcast. Bye, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> See, that was a really bad move on their part. If they just let them continue performing, they would have been like, okay, at least we have our hobby to fall back on. Yeah, it's just, there's just some really, anyway, uh, let's see here. So, Orohime is led into a trap, gets hypnotized by one of the creepy guys' marionettes, and that was sort of a long, drawn-out scene just to kind of do something that lasts for like three minutes later on in yeah. the movie. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Maria goes to check out the off keels, but she sees they're all shells. She opens up a door and sees this gigantic pulsating mass behind the door. She realizes they're using demons to power the off keels. And as she runs, she's confronted by the creepy guy, in the mask who we now learn his name is Patrick. As we said earlier, way more than a bit anticlimactic. He attacks her and she jumps out the window to the river below and he waits to see if there's any bubbles. I'm like, yeah, there's no way she could have held her breath for the three seconds that you were staring at the window to make sure she was dead, buddy. Real good job, demon boy. <laughs> um, Josh, to the best of your knowledge, is, is this guy in the games at all? No. No? Okay. I was wondering if maybe it was explained, like, if he was a demon, because he seemed like he was a person, but just maybe demon-infused or something, or I, I, maybe some uh, sort of dark priest? It, it's it's a running thing where there's always, like, some person trying to, like, summon the demons to, like, in the first game, they were trying to overthrow the government by <laughs> and restore, like, the 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 the, the empire by, by using demons to do it. So there's always some sort of, you know running theme on that so no no patrick is not in the games as far as i know so what i'm getting out of this uh thematically is that they they, they sort of feel like uh modernization and capitalism are bad yeah. well there, there's <laughs> there's a lot of and that's the weird thing about this movie is like it comes off like that and whereas like the very the first game is the exact opposite of that it, it was very much like a a the the bad guys were trying to fight against modernism and and you know it was the the this inner you know this group of girls from all over the world you know fighting back you know like there there was like a real pro hmm like pro modernism pro feminist kind of uh a vibe to the, especially the first game, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, the, uh, is, which is why this movie is so weird in comparison. Yeah. I was going to say that 
well, I, I guess if you're around long enough, uh, what, what's the uh, what's the saying? You uh, you know survive long enough to become the bad guy, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose that's what's happening here. Maybe I, I really don't know. Anyway, let's let, maybe stop thinking about it so hard. I suppose that's my fault. <laughs> so, all right. The flower division is trying to figure out what to do about Maria. Uh, Karan brings up or brings out a bullet. She filled with spirit energy that she didn't get a chance to give Maria. Uh, something I'm sure won't be relevant at all later. Otherwise, why would they bring it up? Anyway, Sucker. Well, they, they weren't actually going to show her giving it to her later, so they're yeah. going to bring it up now. Yeah, uh, that's very <laughs> true. Yeah, you never even see that handoff. Uh, anyway. No. Yeah, so uh, Sucker rallies them and they agree to go help find Maria. Uh, they have to use the underground waterway system to get to their Kobukais and Koran has upgrades for them as well. Furlong is holding a quote-unquote demonstration for his hostages. One of the demons swoops down in front of the window and they're sitting in front of it and damned if this thing doesn't look like a mass production model Evangelion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Vanessa, did you watch um, any Evangelion by chance? Yeah, I saw some of it. Did you see the Not movie? Like purposely. Did see... Oh, okay. Did you, did you happen to see the movie by chance? Oh no, it's like no. mostly on what like whatever is like maybe a commercial show at some point on a on oh, okay. a TV show or something. Yeah, it's like not not anything important, but I know that they look like robots. Okay, yeah. Especially like the um the penis robots from that last one. Oh Sin. yeah, Zone of the Enders. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah, not Sin. Zone of the Enders. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Zo, 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 so, oh boy, yeah. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you've really ever actually looked at the uh, robots from Zone of the Enders. We had no idea how big of a literal, like, cockpit those things were. Oh, God. I, it's, it's horrid. I was just like, oh my God, they are really going for subtle with these things, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, but, um. Josh, I assume you're probably familiar with Evangelion. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, they start really cribbing hard on Evangelion. Yeah, yeah. You well, you can tell what was popular at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's for sure. I was just like, well, that's the production or the, the the mass production unit, right? Just that's what the demon is. It's the mass production. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, one of the off kills shoots it down, and then we see a bunch of them and demons flying around outside. So it's kind of like this weird like tearing apart of um, what the mass production Evangelion units are. So it's like you've still got the angels or inside of them or whatever but they're also the mass-produced robots that are bad so just like i okay so you guys just took the mass production ava units and sort of made them two different things okay that, i guess that works so uh flower division breaks into the command center and takes over so they can get their kobukais back furlong is trying to get his hostages to agree to let his yafkiels take over protecting tokyo from the demons but none of them are having it the flower division starts fighting the demons and they're really shredding through them pretty hard the then the dream division is helping build their spirits um josh uh, can you fill me in on the dream division here uh, not that well. Okay. I mean, there the other divisions are kind of like mentioned, you know, like in passing in the game, but like, yeah, everything focuses on the flower division. So I don't remember that much about them that well. What I'm gathering from this is like the dream division is sort of like a support thing where they build up their yeah. spiritual power. And basically it's like sort of just becomes like the, you know, an ultimate attack for the group basically. Yeah, yeah, the, the the Kobus are run not only off steam, but also off the girl's spirit power. And of course, it's mm -hmm. one of those things like you see in anime and other stuff where, you know, like as the as the women get older, like they lose their spirit power mm -hmm. like that comes up in one of the one of the games, you know, like that whatever that they always have that, you know, oh, you know, she's 24, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that video game trope 24. Yeah. Oh, let, let's put you out to the retirement home. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think it's final fantasy 10 where like the grizzled veteran or whatever is like 23 years old. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's guys seriously. Come on. 
<laughs> it's like I'm I'm well past that. It's thanks for making me feel ancient at this point. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, a huge thing of ener- energy in the shape of a flower wipes out the demons. Then a Yafkiel attacks the girls. They go chasing after it and then find Orohime in her Kobukai being held up in the sky. Another uh, kind of striking Evangelion imagery thing going on there. Uh, they put they put her down on the ground and she attacks them. Uh, Lachette goes to kill her, but Sakura stops her. Orohime fires a burst of shots at the other girls. Lachette goes to attack Orohime, but Lenny gets in the way and takes the hit to protect her. Orohime charges up a- another shot and attacks herself with it. So then we find out that the uh, that Patrick is controlling her too. So it's just like, oh well, that's okay. That's so just to sort of take her out of play, I suppose. She he has her try to kill herself. I'm assuming is what happened there. Weird. Yeah, Yeah. I don't. Okay, good. Didn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Orohumi apologizes, and then a ton of Yafkiel starts circling them in the air, much like uh, the uh, mass production units started circling Asuka at the towards the end of the end of Evangelion. Yeah, anyway, uh, Kayama, the guy with the guitar from nearly an hour ago in the movie, and a bunch of soldiers <laughs> rush the place where Furlong is. Kayama explains that they've secured the building and also destroyed the factory where their pulsating mass uh, Maria found was. Uh, looks like the jig is up for Furlong, or not. One of the Yafkiels grabs him and flies off with them. Furlong starts chanting, and all the Yafkiels cocoon or something, and start coming together in the shape of a cross. Furlong is then absorbed by the Yafkiel. Then that one joins with the others, and it turns into a big cross-shaped demon... <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone, also, nothing like Evangelion. Yeah, I get yeah, that. That was my literally my next sentence here is someone was really affected by after seeing Evangelion. <laughs> Just like okay, and yeah, and also you know um, Japan being, I believe, more of a Buddhist country. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like the, the the invading Christian thing is bad and evil. Stay away. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, not like Christianity's got a really good. Uh, you know, history of, uh, it, you know, being introduced to places and being forced upon countries. But anyway, <laughs> speaking, speaking as a you know quarter Native American, I, anyway, <laughs> yeah, awkward. Anyway, uh, the big demon starts attacking the girls. Lachette is taken out pretty quickly. Uh, she kind of reminds me of Asuka a little bit in this section here. Just with them um, being taken out and sort of like going a little nuts as she's injured and everything and can't fight. Just that sort of like. Yeah, just everything being attached to her, how good of a warrior she is. And when she's taken yeah. out of play, it's like, I'm falling apart, I can't do anything. But she doesn't have a moment where she, you know, uh, finds her mommy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, just as it looked like uh, Sakura is going to get taken down, a faster moving robot shows up. It's Ogami, right? Ogami, yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the main characters from the first three games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, is that effectively the player character in those two? Yeah. Yeah. He's the player character. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in as far as this movie goes, someone we haven't seen before gets introduced and you know, it's like an hour and 10 minutes into this hour and 30 minute movie. So great. Thanks guys. <laughs> uh, he saves the day. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. And as, as he's coming in, it seems like the girls know him. So we'll just kind of go along with that. But yeah, it goes from very much, uh, like you said before, uh, Josh, Vanessa, like feminism, you know, girl power to, Oh no, we're falling apart. A man saved us. Yay. It's like, oh, come on. They really? do love him a lot. They have, like, obvious great love for this man. Yeah, who has been in this movie for literally 10 seconds. It's like, okay, cool, thanks. All right. Anyway, uh, Corrin somehow uh, figures out the Yafkiels are being controlled by sound waves. The girls take out the arms on the thing so Corrin can do whatever it is she has in mind. Meanwhile, the song I know is playing in a rather cool, like, orchestrated version. So, Vanessa, I don't know if you really caught the um, the music that was going on during this section, but that is the that is the like, the main theme for Sakura Wars that's playing throughout this section here. Ah, very fitting. Yeah, it's it's very catchy, and I really like the orchestrated version. I almost think you could almost 
Do No Wrong. It's sort of like a remix of this track, and it seems like it would be pretty cool to listen to. Anyway, um, this this is playing, so obviously this is where things turn around for them. And sure enough, they kill it, and it explodes into feathers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sakura uh, makes the last strike on him. Of course, because, you know, she's the poster child, so yeah. has, to, has to do it. Anyway, Patrick runs away on the rooftops until he runs into Maria. He says he'll make sure this time she dies. She shoots the shit out of uh, his marionettes. Uh, she's out of bullets. Uh, nope, not so much. She's got one left. The one with the spirit power, of course. So now Patrick is deader than hell. R.I.P. Patrick, uh, you weird, weirdly named demon. So, yeah. <laughs> and his weird spider friend. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we get to see a little bit of the stage play. And it's not great. Not great acting and not great acting. Uh, you know, voice acting is multiple levels of not good acting. So, Yeah. It goes on for a while until we see Lachette is probably under some sort of like spell or something because she's really going off script. The other girls kind of freak out and rush that, over. That was like my favorite part, though, when they're like, maybe she's possessed. It's like, maybe she forgot her lines. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That thought didn't even occur to me. Thank you, Vanessa. Right? Like, maybe she just got confused. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, well, I can either sit here and stumble or I can ad-lib. Let's just let me ad-lib. Come on. Sakura seems to be going for it. It's like... Just, uh, you girls are not yes anding, okay? First rule of improv, yes and, okay? Not, no but. <laughs> All right, uh, this goes on for a while too, but Sakura is trying to talk her down. Uh, the rest of the flower division comes up to help talk her down, except she takes a swing at Sakura and blood comes pouring out of her. That yeah. didn't end well, or not. She gets up and they prattle on and, and on and on again. So apparently that was part of it, maybe? I don't really know what the hell is going on because yeah, Sakura yeah, wasn't was really injured. It was, it was definitely part of it, otherwise she would be dead. Yes, but like all the girls were worried that she was... I, I, I'm very confused as to what the hell happened there. It's like, okay, th- so clearly that was part of it, but then it made it seem like it wasn't because the other girls kind of freaked out a little bit. I, I don't know. This is, this is like by far the most scene I could have used without. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, honestly, like that could have ended when the thing exploded into feathers and I would have been happy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, the curtain drops. Uh, crowd erupts into cheers. And yeah, I'm a little baffled by that whole section there. Um, I guess, you know, in this era, entertainment is limited. So you just take what you can get. And then we <laughs> see Sakura is walking through cherry blossoms, falling. She smiles and fiend. We are done. That is the end yep. of this movie. <laughs> uh, it was a little. Uh, I, I got to say, <laughs> animation wise, I like this. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, it did. It looked pretty good for an early 2000s yeah. joint, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, the dub was not so great. And, you know, the even Killian dub I thought was pretty good. So this is in that same era. And kind of looking at it now, I'm like, oh, you know, guys, like even the Trigun uh, dub was around the same era. And it's like, guys, this this is um, this is maybe mid 90s level dub. I just not really. Is it, is it fair to compare this video game movie to those pieces of media <laughs> um you know i do think so because of how much money they spent on it 4.2 yeah. million uh was was that what i i don't, I don't remember and that's not that much i for an for an animated movie i would say it's probably quite a bit especially for you know the early 2000s but i don't know hey th- think about how much that um final fantasy movie spent <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah a, we, we, we yeah. had to watch that too josh not 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 every anime movie can nearly bankrupt a company <laughs> <laughs> and almost kill a merger with another company oh boy yeah. yeah 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 so um yeah so outside of the last like 15 minutes of the movie i thought this was okay but that last like 10 15 minutes of that stage play thing that they could have just totally cut and you know some like interstitial stuff that i think they could have cut out too like a 
I kind of like this, but it's definitely, I'm thinking like middle of the road here for our list. Yeah, I think so too. Potentially also they left some of that stuff in if they're like, well, it needs to be feature length. Yeah. They're like, okay, let's add more songs. I wonder if they wrote it out to where the feathers, uh, you know, the demon exploding into feathers was the ending and they're like, oh crap, we've, we're only like an hour and 15 minutes long. We need to make this longer. <laughs> let's, let's add a play. They love plays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something for the fans. See, like I said, if, if you haven't watched this before and you're just curious, once the feathers explode, stop it. Just yeah. be done. And you're like, that was a pretty good film. And then you watch that last 15 minutes. You're like, uh, it kind of soured me a little bit. I, I watched it yesterday. So I kind of like gave myself a little bit of time to digest and get over that. Cause <laughs> At watching, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Really? This is how we're going to end this damn thing? <laughs> and part of that is like the structure in the games themselves will have this where it's like it will every single chapter in the game will have like, oh, they're putting on a different play. And um, <laughs> you, most of the time it's like, you know, like they'll do stuff like a lot of it will even be Western inspired. I remember they did Romeo and Juliet, of course. And then there will also usually be like a. Uh, in addition to that, there'll also be like a, most of the chapters would like focus on one of the different characters and each different chapter. So they would have their own story that would kind of build over the course of the chapter as well. Oh, okay. So there's usually a lot more going on to it. But yeah, usually the chapter would culminate with them putting on the uh, with the play, the musical theater or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of it. So it's kind of like it's following that structure. But yeah, this goes on for way too long. Yeah, they could have made this maybe five minutes. I think it would have been okay. It's like, okay, we get the idea. Like, you know, uh, Lachette's going, like, is is she being mind-controlled or is she just mad that she couldn't do I, I don't really I, 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 even I, answer I it. It, they just didn't really develop what they were trying to do with her. And I don't know if, like, I'm just, like, missing well, like I said, I don't I maybe this was explained in some other, you know, manga <laughs> or drama CD or whatever that was or, put out. Or, like or I was supposed to understand her. So if, if you read the Wikipedia page on this movie, it talks about how it, like the whole scene. It's like um, through the play, Lachette admits her anxieties following the collapse of the star division to Sakura and receives support and forgiveness from the flower division. Despite the unscripted deviations, the play is a great success. <laughs> Ta-da! Thanks. It still doesn't really explain what the hell happened there. <laughs> I'm like, why? She was. She went off. She she t- picked the wrong moment to apologize. <laughs> to have a nervous breakdown, basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I wish I wish all people's nervous breakdowns were like that. Well thought out, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. My my nervous breakdown is normally just me crying in a corner, playing like a, right, a, a, a link to the past or something like that for comfort. Like <laughs> my life's weird. What the hell? Right? She didn't even cry. She did great. Yeah, yeah. Girl power, baby. (laughs) Girl power. (laughs) Okay, uh, Vanessa, where are you thinking about on this one? Um, I'm with you in the middle somewhere. Um, I like it more than Final Fantasy, to be honest. Okay. Um, Um, Josh, are you looking at the list as well? Yes, yes. I I think that's about right, actually. I would stick it, like, right above Final Fantasy. (laughs) Have you seen Battle Arena at Toshinden? (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) So I don't know exactly where it should go. But I think, yeah, pretty close to Final Fantasy, maybe slightly above there. Okay. I'd also be okay with it being over Battle Arena Toshinden, but under The Art of Fighting, because that one is great. Okay, so Art of Fighting um, has a scene where Ryo, the, you know, the 
the main poster child for that series is like on its hands and knees crawling trying to chase down a cat on a roof it's pretty funny yeah, there are a lot of good moments in that movie though like there um, are. The, the the detectives are really hilarious where the helicopter falls in the pool like that's a pretty awesome movie because it has nothing to do with the game yeah probably. yeah it's, it's very it's very silly uh, yeah they literally like the, the entire police force of japan basically goes diving in a pool looking for a diamond at the end yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, would put, I would put it above Ballerina Toshinden under The Art of Fighting. Okay, you know what? Yeah, you sold me. I think that's exactly where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. <laughs> Oops. Uh, all right. Well, uh, since John's not here, I will say uh, congratulations to Sakura Wars, the movie, for being the 13th best movie of all time as of December 22nd, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,. I guess I will wrap up this episode of Multimedia Failure real quick. Let's do some plugs and we'll get that out of the way. And uh, yeah, because we've got our bonus section to get to, too. And we're running a little long on recording, which I thought we would be done by now. But uh, yeah, we, we were talking a little before off the air, too. So anyway, uh, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at Multimedia Failure. You can follow me at Jason Ariola. You can follow Vanessa at Vicarious Rock. And Josh, off the top of my head, I don't remember your Twitter handle. It's it's Jscarp, J-S-C-A-R-P-E. Great. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Cause I, they say I follow you. I just don't off the top of my head. know your Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't say it week after week after week after week after week. Like I do Vanessa's and John's. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like the show and why wouldn't you, this is wonderful. You can go to patreon.com slash games and junk and support us over there for $5 a month extra. You will get the bonus segment for this show. You will get the extra episodes of rock out with your card out. You will get a catch all feed for all of the podcasts we do and get them in a higher quality audio rate. That will also get, get you a shout out on the show. So for those $5, uh, Supporters, I want to shout out to John Lucero. Oh, yes, sir. One of our co-hosts. Thanks, dude. Uh, <laughs> Alex Messenger and Gustav and Vanessa. You, you too. Thanks. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, that will wrap up this. So, Josh, do you have anything uh, you've been working on over at RP Gamer you want to plug? Oh, not much lately. I'm behind on the stuff I'm supposed to be doing over there. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I, was on, I was on the backtrack recently on uh, that we did on Final Fantasy 15. So go listen to that. Oh, you were on that? Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to listen yeah, to Yeah, I was one. on that one. Okay. Well, uh, how, how many, I'm not going to ask uh, how, how long it was. How many uh, multiples of three hours was it? <laughs> I think just one. Just oh, okay. one. Oh, okay. Okay. I know some of those backtracks get a little like the, uh, you know, coming from yeah. a guy who, uh, you know, I, I think we did four hours on Metal Gear Solid, so I can't really give you too much grief about that. But, uh, yeah, you guys are they're, they're, you guys are a lot more frequent with those than we are. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, also, I'm trying to host uh, three other podcasts on top of that. So <laughs> I guess I can be forgiven for that. You guys you guys have a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a staff to fall back on than just one guy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> OK, fair enough. All right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of Multimedia Failure again. Josh, thanks for coming on. And you're going to oh. stick with us through the bonus section, right? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, man, anytime. Yeah, if you, since you're on the list now, you ever see something you want to jump in on? Let me know. We're more than happy to uh, get some fresh blood in here occasionally because uh, otherwise it's just the three of us slowly, slowly going insane. <laughs> slowly dying like yeah. the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so until next time, guys, trust the fungus. Suckers!
命を懸ける戦いであっても私たちは一歩も引きませんそれが帝国